Don't you know that you so wrong, man? You're wrong and here's why. Chris and Greg don't see eye to eye. Like none of the time. Robert Covington sticks. I don't care what you think. How is LeBron James the king when he's ruining teams? Yo, wrong and here's why. Underdog Sports presents. Yo, wrong and here's why. Underdog Sports presents. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Hey, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of You're Wrong, and Here's Why, NFL Draft Day 2023 edition. I'm Chris Horwardell, joined by Greg Crone. Gregory, welcome back to the country. I, I know, man. I'm back. I, I am excited. I couldn't have planned it any better to come home on a, a day like today. So dra- Draft Day is always fun. It's always interesting, almost always infuriating for at least mm-hmm. the time being. But uh, I'm, I'm very, uh, very excited to, to, be, to be back for the draft. I'm not sure who it was. I, I like to assign credit whenever possible. It might have been Schefter. It might have been Daniel Jeremiah. I don't remember. But I saw on Twitter today that they posted one general manager said this was the most unpredictable draft in forever. Uh, I love that, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I love I hate the parts where we know like the first three picks. Oh, it's the worst. Yeah, it makes it it makes it boring. It makes it annoying. I'd much rather uh, I'd much rather have zero idea going into it. Um, that's you know, it, it makes it just it makes the whole process more fun. I remember back in the old days uh, when teams were teams would routinely negotiate contracts with the number one pick in advance of the draft, and they would have a contract agreed to, and then it would go on to like the number two pick and all of that stuff. And I remember, I don't know why this is the one that sticks out to me, but the Mario Williams draft where the, where Houston took Mario Williams, number one. And then there was already a contract in place for Reggie Bush to go number two. It's like, we, we literally knew who the top like four picks were going to be before the thing started. Yeah. It's like 15 to uh, minutes per pick. And they still, for some reason, even though we know, take the full 15, uh, take the full 15. Um, it's crazy. It's crazy. Hey, I get that. I mean, you have a rapidly devaluing asset. So if somebody wants to make you a dumb offer in that 14th minute, I'm going to listen to it. Yeah, I mean... No, I'm not mad about it. I don't disagree. I guess maximize as much as you can if you have one of those enviable positions at the top of the draft. I, I do see that. Well, draft day is here. I have BovadaSportsbook.com open in front of me. We have just an overwhelming amount of NFL draft props. Kudos for the the big step up over the last week because you know last week there wasn't a ton. There is a there is plenty now, uh, and and some of it is very interesting because you know they uh, there tends to be a little bit of insight that the books have that can suggest where teams are leaning in any particular moment and that definitely starts with the number one pick greg i mentioned to this i uh, mentioned this to you before we we started recording but the odds on bryce young going number one have uh have changed dramatically over the last probably 18 hours when i looked at it midday yesterday in preparation for betters delight which i, I did with Matt and Mike last night. Check that out. There's a good amount of NFL draft stuff in there, mainly from me. <laughs> um, made a lot of NFL draft picks. Probably made more picks than I've ever made cumulatively on Better's Delight uh, with uh, NFL draft picks last night. 
don't feel great about a couple of them right now, but here we are. Uh, I, when I looked at it midday, Bryce Young was something like minus 1600 or something like that to go number one. And Will Levis was a plus 400. That changed. I forget where Bryce went, but Levis went to plus 900. Now we're at Bryce minus 6,600 to be the number one pick in the draft. Will Levis plus 1,300 at Bavada to be the number one pick in the draft. As you said, it does look like it's going to be a Bryce Young kind of day. I just think that that, that feels to me uh, where this is all going to go, right? Like it's it was a long time rumored. And then as I was traveling, I heard inklings that uh there was a real potential that will levis was gonna go number one overall which i i can't imagine that's a real thing greg overnight he went from 40 to one to four to one at sports books that seems ridiculous to me i'll find will levis is a is a more than uh i guess decent quarterback it just doesn't seem like that is where I, i would go this early in uh in the draft. It just doesn't seem to make sense. No, agreed completely. Um, what do you make of, there's been a lot of talk about CJ Stroud falling over the last week. What do you make of that? I don't really understand it. Like, did we not see all the, all the, inf- like, like the college football playoff, his performance, how well he played. And like, I know he's surrounded by a large, a large group of, of very good players. It just doesn't seem like, it doesn't seem like it makes a lot of sense that he'd be the guy that falls in, in this situation. Yeah. I didn't think we were going to see a wide receiver room that was better than like the Alabama wide receiver room that Tua had with, with uh, Judy and and rugs and Waddle and uh, Devonte Smith. But you could argue Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, uh, Jackson Smith and Jiba and Marvin Harrison jr. Is, is superior to what Alabama had. Oh, it's very good. It's a, don't get me wrong. It's a very good uh, room, but I just, I can't imagine a situation where we're, where we're doing that, where CJ Stroud isn't the guy. Yeah. Number, there's no, uh, no odds for the number two pick of Avada right now, which I think is fascinating because there has been this shift over the last week or so where potentially Will Anderson seemed like the incumbent choice, but now Tyree Wilson seemed to be the favorite to go there. That uh, that feels like overthinking things to me. Uh, yes, very much so. Feels like a, a big overthink uh, with a lot of it. Like, what are we... Will Anderson is... I mean, I, I know that athletes like Tyree Wilson don't come around all, uh, all the time, but... Like he's such a weird prospect because physically he is everything you would design a defensive end to be, but he is one of the of, of the top of quote unquote top prospects. He is one of the slowest off the snap we've ever seen in a top prospect. I just don't understand how you can overthink this and look anywhere other than Will Anderson here. He's been proven. He's been dominant. Like, uh, he's been the best offensive player, like, in the country for two straight seasons. Uh, well, he, a little bit of a step back this year as he was, there was some argument that he was playing not to get hurt. But last season, what he did at Alabama, I mean, absolutely. And by the way, the bad season this year, to put it in perspective, is is 10 sacks and, and uh, 17 tackles for loss. But Horrible. that is not the, that is not the, yeah, awful. But that is not the 17 and a half sacks and 31 tackles for loss that he had in 2021. Yeah. Uh, again, I think you said it kind of best with the uh, 
the perception of playing not to get hurt, which makes the most sense because the last thing you want to do when you're a top prospect is, you know, get hurt. You know what the the craziest Will Anderson stat to me is that this guy in three years at Alabama, 58 and a half tackles for loss, 34 and a half sacks, caused one forced fumble. That You would think just by accident he would cause a couple more. I, I mean, yeah, probably, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. What's the normal? Like, is there? I, I don't, I'm sure there's not a. Some, actually, I'm sure there is a stat. It's hmm. just probably some made up thing that I don't understand. So, yeah, on how to calculate that. Uh, yeah, I mean, and then you look at Tyree Wilson, second straight year with uh, seven sacks for for Texas Tech, 14 tackles for a loss. Very similar year to what he had last year, though he did it in in 10 games versus 13 games in 2021. Look, he's a, he's a good player and. He does, in fairness, I'm not trying to like poop on Tyree Wilson at all. He does make up for being a little slow off the ball by being one of the quicker defensive linemen or edges we've ever seen in terms of disengaging with a blocker. So there, there's look, there's a lot to like. This is this is a guy who has huge upside, but it just feels like Will Anderson is in that like Hall of Fame tier of prospects, and we've kind of taken him for granted. Yeah, I think so. I but it, this is. It's the issue with guys who have gigantic hype for a year but aren't eligible to come out. Then the next year is spent nitpicking. It's constant nitpicking. There's nothing. All we want to do is find every single flaw, and then we're going to end up letting letting that divert us from actually taking the person who we think should go in those positions, right? CJ Stroud, for instance. Yeah, exactly. That's precisely it. Uh, the number three pick odds have also shifted a little bit at Bavada. The favorite there to go to Arizona now is CJ Stroud at plus 110, followed by Paris Johnson at plus 450, and Tyree Wilson at plus 500. I, I, Explain to me how that one makes sense. What don't we know? Apparently, there I, we don't know anything. I mean, there has to be, I guess, a trade in the works. Would that be it? Maybe. I mean that that isn't yeah that that's certainly possible. Somebody's jumping up in in front of Indiana Indianapolis to go get CJ. That that probably makes the most sense. You're you're right there. Uh, maybe I don't I don't know who it would be. Maybe Atlanta. Maybe somebody like that. I've maybe heard Tennessee. I've heard, yeah, that's what I was going to say. I've heard reports of Tennessee. Um, you know, I, who knows? I just think I think it's I think it's. This draft, with all of the different opportunities, it's almost impossible to predict who it is. But we do always see the quarterbacks go early. You know, every yep. once in a while, you get somebody that slides this and that. But in this particular situation, I think that it is somebody's going to trade up and take Stroud. It's just a matter of who. Yeah, as some, as someone who has literally uh, been involved with NFL draft stuff since I was uh, 13 years old, <laughs> I, I can I can say with a decent amount of confidence that it tends to be if a quarterback is worth taking in the top 10, he's probably going to go very, very, very early. Like that, that, that makes him the presumptive number one pick. So yeah, that it's a valuable position. Um, hard for me to imagine that we're not going to see at least two, probably three quarterbacks in the top four. And that takes me to number four, the odds on favorite there, minus 105, Will Levis to go to the Colts. I think that that is, I think that that is where it's going to go. I think that they are you going trust to trust in Bavada here. I do. I do. I just think, again, it's 
quarterbacks don't drop unless there's a real significant reason. And people love Will Levis. I think that this is where they're they're going to try and go uh, with it. If you're Indianapolis, he's the last one of the I guess the top three really available. So go with it. Well, I think I think Richardson's the wild card because I do wonder if Shane Steichen, former Eagles OC, now Indianapolis Colts head coach has some uh, some confidence based upon what they did turning Jalen Hurts into the player that he is, and they see Anthony Richardson as a similar-ish prospect. Yeah, that's true. You're not wrong. It, it depends on if somebody wants to take a risk like that on Richardson, because I know, obviously, from a physical standpoint and, you know, arm talent, that kind of thing, the guys not can't miss, but you watch the game tape and it's like, well, what happened? Now, not that Florida is... He, he can miss his pass. Yes, exactly. And not that Florida has been the best program in the world and uh, over the past, you know, decade, I guess, at this point. But it's there. there is performance that leaves a lot to be desired. It's why the, graph, uh, the draft is the ultimate crapshoot. Yeah, last night, for anybody who hasn't listened to it yet on Better Slight, I did pick Young to go one, Levis to go four, and uh, I'm going to agree again with what Bavada's got here at number five. I, I believe Jalen Carter will be the pick there. He's the favorite, minus 210, followed by Anthony Richardson at plus 450. Really would have enjoyed if Jalen Carter had fallen all the way to 10, but I don't yeah, think that's going to happen. Yeah, me too, but it would also worry the hell out of me. Because, like, it's just anybody who can't keep their shit together for, like, three months and when they're facing the biggest payday of their life to this point, like that's a guy who I'm concerned about what, how they're going to behave once they get money. Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely true. Definitely. It's, that's why they ask all the questions. Right. And even when they do, and, and if you give all the right answers, you may not, it may not always work out that kind of thing. This one, six is really interesting. Six has been taken off the board for reasons that aren't clear to me. I wonder what's going on there. Uh, Devin Witherspoon was the favorite at minus 170, but everything is crossed out right now and the number six pick off the board. That's uh, something to keep an eye on. There's there's just so many moving pieces, dude. I cannot wait till 8 o'clock. Like, legitimately, mm-hmm. I cannot wait. Well, here's my question. If you're, if you're Detroit at six and things have gone like this to this point, how in the world do you not take half a second to pair Will Anderson with Aiden Hutchinson? Uh, you most certainly think about it. The question is, is how close do you think you are to actually contending? I mean, you Rogers is now out of your division. It's more wide open than ever. I think uh, for the NFC North, um, do you think that, that, really bulking up that defense has put puts you over the edge. I think, I think it helps them significantly, but we'll see. They also had all those, uh, you know, other issues that just occurred off the field. So who knows? Yeah. But I mean, at the end of like, that was, that feels like a bigger story than it was a problem for them because it's not like losing Quentin Cephas is going to change the makeup of that team in any real way. True. You're not wrong. (laughs) And Anthony Jameson will be suspended. <clears throat> Anthony Jameson. Jameson Williams will be suspended again. So it's just, <clears throat> we just assume he's never going to play a full season. Yeah, I, I guess. <laughs> I would just get only half seasons from him. Uh, let's go to number eight because this one is relevant to, uh, to us in Philadelphia. The odds on favorite to be the number eight pick to the Atlanta Falcons plus 175 at Pavada is Bijan Robinson. 
I mean, I I kind of like the fact that it's going to be taken out of the the decision makers in South Philadelphia's hands. So you can't be mad? Exactly. So I can't be. Well, I can't be mad either way, right? Because I think there's an opportunity for me to be disappointed if they don't take him and then furious Mm. if they do take him. Why not would you be that, mad? Not that furious. I don't know. There, there's just it's one of those. You can't, you can't, you can't say furious and then condition it. I guess, I guess not furious. You, you can't furious, be kind of furious. <laughs> furious is the wrong word to use. It's more of a, uh, it's more of I don't want, I don't want to be, like, I, I mean, I'm never gonna hate them taking him, but I'm always going to wonder depending on who goes after that pick. You know what I mean? If it's especially if it's position of need those kind of things and you can't you can argue running back is a position of need so i guess i really shouldn't be that mad yeah they literally have a 185 pound running back in kenneth gainwell and a guy who was bounced around because of injury who they're paying basically the veteran minimum to that's their and boston scott that's their running back room right now uh, well boston scott only plays on uh against the giants so new york giant days yeah. <laughs> exactly <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like, I would I would argue, I mean, I know that the position's devalued and you can make the argument that you can get somebody later in the draft. But if you're giving me, like, first of all, I, I believe firmly that B. John Robinson is the best football player in this draft. I don't think it's particularly close. I think it's B. John and then Will Anderson and then Bryce Young. But, like, if you're telling me you can get a guy who is a potential Hall of Fame talent because of an, an of inequity of value in current draft position... Like, yeah, give me Bijan at 10. A hundred times out of a hundred, I would be upset if they didn't take that swing, especially with how close they were. This is a team that went to the Super Bowl. You add another potential superstar to this roster, is that enough to put you over, especially when you have the luxury of another first-round pick? Yeah, I, I mean, listen, if you're going to take the swing, take the swing. And if he is as good as, as advertised, um, I, I'm, I guess I have to be fine with it. Let's roll. Like, you know what I mean? Let's let's beef up that running back position. Can he catch out of the backfield? Does that matter? I have no he, idea. He catches out. He's maybe like the third or fourth best hands of any running back in this draft. You realize if he goes eight or nine, I'm going to now be mad at you for this, right? Well, it, it was my fault. I don't think he's going. <laughs> I don't think he's going to go nine. Uh, I don't think Chicago is going to take him. But I do. Yeah, I, it was my fault. I. The decision makers in Atlanta were heard the show and they're like, oh, shit, maybe we should reconsider this guy. I hadn't really looked at him at this point. I, I, you never know. You never know what Arthur never. Blank's doing. No, no, that's, that, that is certain. Let's go to the number 10 pick. The odds on favorite at Bavada for the Philadelphia Eagles pick a 10 Northwestern offensive tackle Peter Skoronowski, followed by Ohio State offensive tackle Paris Johnson, Georgia edge Nolan Smith, Texas running back B. John Robinson, Iowa edge Lucas Van Ness and then Jalen Carter the defensive tackle from Georgia plus 1000 who do you think are the most realistic and likely selections for the Eagles at 10 I think I think Skaronsky probably the most realistic of any of I, them I agree. if he's there I think that's what they do because you're solidifying that offensive line and that's been your backbone for the past two seasons um to maybe even longer if we're being perfectly honest but it's been it's been really your bread and butter where where you've dominated in games and with the quarterback that you have and his style of play it it goes a long way having it so if you can if you can re, if you can, can like firm up that even better with a guy who seems like again another can't miss offensive yeah. line prospect why why not go that route 
he would probably slot in around number five in terms of actual best football players in this draft, maybe even number four for me. It's the thing about Skronsky is I don't ever want him to play tackle. I, if, if we draft him, I just want him. I, I think he has like, I think he has Zach Martin, uh, Quentin Nelson type upside as an offensive guard. I think he can be one of these top offensive guards in the league. And if you pair that with Landon Dickerson, like, let's do it. I don't, I don't want to mess around with kicking him outside later on. Well, plus that, and you're also sure you're also adding in even more assistance to, let's be fair, a very aged Jason Kelsey. You know what I mean? Like you've, you've added so much to that and to add like even more help on that O line there. I think it's, I think it's well worth it. Yeah. I mean, and then you have, you have my you have Dickinson, Dickerson, you have, uh, you have got beef jerky and you got Skaronsky moving forward. Like you can, you can deal with that lane. It's difficult to imagine with how his contract was just restructured that he doesn't have two, maybe three years left. He has said that he wants to retire an Eagle. He's also stated that he only wants to play another two or three years. So I think that lines up pretty nicely. Um, Paris Johnson's super talented, but he's a little bit less interesting for me because I'm just not sure. I know he played guard for Ohio State in 2021, but I just don't like him as much as a professional guard. Yeah, feels feels a lot more like a guy who would be on the outside in the NFL. And 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 he should be because of like because of the body because of the arms he absolutely should be on the outside. Uh, for me, I do believe that one of these top three guys will be an eagle on uh, is likely to be an eagle on draft day. For as much as I would like it to be Bijan, I think it's going to be I think it's going to be Petey. I think it's going to be Paris or uh, the other only other option on the defensive side, short of somebody falling, is Nolan Smith. I think Nolan Smith makes a lot of sense. Yeah, no, I, I listen, edge rusher uh, or O-line, yeah. can't miss, I don't think, with either of those. Two. If those are the two guys um, that that you have to decide between, I don't think I don't think you could be upset regardless of the way that they go. Like, obviously, the the casual fan doesn't know a ton about Nolan Smith because he missed a lot of the year. Yeah, with the injury. But like, if you've seen this guy play, you're you're in. You have to be in. Especially for the well, way the Eagles play defense. And if you've ever heard the guy talk, he is an absolute leader in the defensive room. So he he's a great fit. makes a lot of sense in terms of what the Eagles want to do with the people that they bring into the locker room. So the one that I would be somewhat apprehensive about is Lucas Van Ness. I know, it, I know objectively that I shouldn't be concerned about him not starting because... You know, Iowa just doesn't start underclassmen, but when they have seniors at the position. But at the same time, oh man, I just I would just like to see more production from a guy who you're going to take a ten. I I don't like that. <laughs> it just it concerns me, and yeah. I, like it just it just kind of feels like my boy. Yeah, please. Why? Why on on a day like today? Why bring up that name? It's just, it, yeah. I mean, hey, we did draft Bobby Taylor in the second round that year. I, listen, they're not, they're not all misses. I get it. Uh, um, do you have the uh, do you have the odds, the Bavada odds up right now? I uh, can get into them. Hang on, sorry. Be interested in some of your takes on the other stuff that we have. 
Uh, and all weird that they they pulled top top three overall picks exact order off the board. There must and they they wow there there is some fascinating stuff. Like speaking of how unpredictable a draft is, like t- first cornerback selected has been pulled off the board. First defensive player selected has been pulled off the board for now, at least the last time I up I looked at it. Uh, I did take Drew Sanders to be the first linebacker picked last night on Better's Delight, uh, and Jack Campbell to be the second linebacker picked. We wrote those picks I, down, right? Yeah, you're going to write those picks down when you listen to the show, right? <laughs> uh, I guess I have to. I, t- I took Skaronsky to be the first offensive lineman picked, and Paris Johnson to be the second offensive lineman picked. I picked Dalton Kincaid to be the first tight end picked, Michael Mayer to be the uh, first or uh, the second tight end picked. I will uh, say, I think I, I think I took Njiba to be the first wide receiver picked. Second, second QB off the board. Richardson being plus five hundred is very interesting. Like I know we kind of talked about it a little bit. Um, Why is it interesting to you? I mean that that makes him the third most likely player to be the second quarterback selected. I mean, I mean for the value, it's almost worth going off, going with it at plus five hundred. Does that make sense? I hear what you're saying. I look, I, I, and it's just, it's so wildly unpredictable. I, I don't know. I, am I, I am I falling scared. for the smoke screens? Is that what this is? Well, it's, is it, is it even a smoke screen? Because literally that makes him the fourth quarterback picked. Right. But my point is, is that all the, like all the conversation has been around every other quarterback for the most part in the last couple of days. And again, this is uh, not a lot of, not a lot of NFL draft coverage uh, in, in the Emerald Isle. Uh, let me Shocking. tell you. Shocking, um, but it it's it feels like everything that I've seen in group chats when I've had time to look and see different things, not, not a lot of buzz around Richardson, which which makes me wonder if there's something that that uh, looming in the background. You know how kind of if you you know the year that Mayfield went number one overall, yeah, but he was never really talked about as number one overall for a lot of that time. Yep, and then all of a sudden it was announced, hey, they're taking Baker number one overall. I could see something like that happening. Not necessarily number one, but number two for sure. Well, interestingly, Richardson is tied with Will Levis at Bavada to be the uh, the best odds to be the third quarterback selected at both at plus one fifty. Yeah, that seems. Uh, I just I feel like there's good value. I don't know. Like you know, somehow like Hendon Hooker is going to go like number four. Yeah, well, exactly. It'll be it'll be something weird like that if it's not uh, Richardson going as the two the number two quarterback. So draft position, Anthony Richardson, right now the number is uh, the over under seven and a half. Where would you go with that? I think you go under because, like we said, quarterbacks quarterbacks go for some reason. That's just what happens. Under gets you plus one fifteen. I just I wonder. I think that that requires a trade. I think trades. I think trades can certainly happen. Well, yes, trades can. Trades can. I'll tell you the one I jump all over. Uh, I take Dalton Kincaid. Well, I'm the odds have shifted on that one too. So the I don't think they've updated this over under Dalton Kincaid over under twenty four and a half. The under I feel like is a lock minus three fifty. Now it's not. I don't know how worth it it is. Um, Hendon Hooker is interesting at the over-under 31.5. I do think he's the fifth quarterback selected at the end of the day. Wouldn't be shocked to see Philadelphia trade back from 30 to uh, somewhere in the early second round, pick up a little bit of extra draft capital from a team that wants to lock in that fifth-year option. 
for Hendon Hooker. Um, I would take that under minus 145 at Bavada. I feel good about that. Probably take Jalen. The Jalen Carter odds have also shifted. Now the under six and a half is at minus four fifty. So it's not even worth the, not even worth the risk. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what what jumps out at you. What do you like? <sighs> Give me the odds one more time. For who? Uh, I'm losing <laughs> my mind. There's too many guys to keep track of. Um, yeah, for. Well, how about this? Team to draft Anthony Richardson. There we go. The Titans are the favorite, plus 350. That would obviously likely require a trade. Seattle is plus... Oh, actually, Seattle is now the favorite, plus 300. No, the Colts are now the favorite, plus 275. There's not a lot of in order here. Uh, Vikings number uh, four at plus 650. Where would would you go with that? That would seem ridiculous. Not really. Kirk Cousins is, I think, again in the last year of his contract. He's always in the last year of his contract. It feels like like it, doesn't it? I I think, I honestly think, my my only issue with the Titans in in that situation would be they'd have to move up, and everything points to if they move up, they're taking Stroud, not Richardson. Yeah. Um, Do you really want Richardson and Willis in the same quarterback room? It feels like uh, too many projects. The Vikings one's interesting. The Seahawks one is interesting, too. Because I know you just inked Gino to an extension. Committed you, like $93 million to him. But do you play the long game with this, right? Yeah. I mean, Gino's definitely on, the, not the back end, but closer to the end of his career than the beginning. I mean, and, he kind of kind of just started being good. Well, I know. I, yeah. It's, it, it, but it's the NFL. Time moves quickly. Um, and, Gino, and like you act like Gino's 38. He's 32 years old. All right. All right. Gino's younger than I remember. My apologies. <laughs> um, but no, I, uh, I, I think that that's, that's a very interesting one. I don't know. I don't think the Colts take him because I think that it, they want something that's more like field ready right now and not, not wanting to do de- well. I don't know. Will Levis, the other options Levis. Yeah. And I don't uh, think he's ready either. All right, so I think maybe the Colts is the best option, and that's probably why they're the favorite on Bavada. <laughs> All right. Well, turns out they know what they're talking about. Team to draft Bijan Robinson, the favorite, plus 190, the Atlanta Falcons, that would be the number eight pick, followed by the Eagles, that number 10 pick at plus 275. And then the Texans, uh, and then the Cowboys. Boy, do I not want that. Uh, I would hate that. I would yeah. hate it. I mean... I think it is unfortunately. Like, unfortunately, it's between the Falcons and the Eagles in this situation, aren't they? The only two teams that interviewed him, something like that. Uh, there was well, a report that came was out. It the, the Falcons. I had the Bucks in my head. Uh, maybe it was reason. the Bucks. You know, I the, the birds, the different bird teams. Um, yeah, I mean, it would be. I I don't I don't think he goes past ten. Eagles and Bucks is correct. I don't think he goes past him, but I don't think the Bucks have the, the ability to move all the way up to grab him. I think Eagles or Falcons is the way to go. Yeah, I just, I, I wonder, like, it feels like a little bit of a luxury pick for the Falcons. Well, everything's a luxury pick for the Falcons. Every year, I feel like they have, like, 75 first-round picks that are really good on their team, and they're never good, so... All right. Well, I, I think we've covered a ton here. Uh, super excited for the 2023 NFL draft kickoff later this evening. Until then, I've been Chris Holberdell. He's been Greg Crow, and this has been You're Wrong, and here's why. And we thank you for listening. Enjoy the draft.